Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage, and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com, or visit our Patreon page for over 30 more miscarriage stories, as well as exclusive content. Check it out at patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash miscarriage. It's also linked in the details below. Thank you for tuning in. My guest today just experienced her miscarriage in July and wants to talk today about her story as well as preparing mentally and emotionally to experience miscarriage and making sure that you don't minimize your experience. So Linnell, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Melissa. So take us to the beginning. All right. Um, So this past June, uh, my husband and I found out that uh, we were expecting uh, early on in June, and we had been trying for a couple of months to get pregnant um, and found out after about the second try that we were. Um, So we were pretty excited. And um, we um, went ahead then and scheduled our first uh, appointment for around eight weeks is when they wanted us to come in. Um, I think technically I was more like seven and a half weeks along. So that was on July 3rd. Um, At that point, we had no reason to expect anything out of the ordinary. Um, So we went in for our first appointment and had the ultrasound done right away. And um, the technician commented, oh, you're measuring um, about five weeks, five days. Um, So probably just uh, miscalculated, you know, um, how far along you were. And it's likely that, yeah, you just aren't as far along as you thought. So uh, at that point, I wasn't terribly nervous yet. Um, How how had you been feeling? You know, I had definitely had pregnancy symptoms, but other than uh, nausea, I really hadn't had any sort of nausea or not any actual morning sickness, I I should say. Um, Definitely heightened sense of smell. Okay. Definitely, um, yeah, a little queasiness here and there. uh, And my breasts were sore. That was like the real indicator for me. um, Right. So um, had been feeling, you know, yeah. I guess they say that about maybe 25% of women don't really experience uh, any morning sickness. So, you know, wasn't going to jump to any conclusions that anything was wrong until I was actually told so. Um, So after that ultrasound, uh, the follow-up with the midwife was scheduled for, goodness, maybe 45 minutes to an hour later. And we went in and sat down and started talking to her. And I had been tracking my cycles pretty closely. So I had a pretty good idea of uh, when my last period had started, um, uh, I had an LH indicator uh, of uh, ovulation from uh, a test. 
And uh, between those things, um, she was saying that, yeah, I really should have been um, measuring at about seven and a half weeks. And I was measuring at about five and a half. And at that point, she said, um, it makes me very suspicious that uh, this is not a viable pregnancy. (laughs) Um, And I remember in that moment, um, hearing the words and trying to process in that moment, uh, if I would be able to hold it together or not. Um, and pretty quickly realized that, yeah, there is just no way. Um, so my husband was with me, fortunately. Um, I was really thankful for that. And we sat there uh, for a while and just kind of asked her more questions um, about what to expect. And we talked about options in terms of uh, having blood tests just to see where my hormone levels were at um, and decided not to go that route just because uh, we live about an hour from the hospital that um, I was receiving care at. And so, uh, yeah, we live in a, rural, a fairly rural area, very small town. So because of that, we didn't want to, you know, go back and forth twice in the same week um, and potentially pay for tests that we didn't know if insurance would cover. So we just kind of decided to wait and see what happened. So that was July 3rd. And my sister-in-law was uh, going to be getting married on the 14th. Um, So all along, that was was really the scary factor uh, with all of this because... um, I just didn't know what to expect uh, in terms of um, timing and that sort of thing with the wedding and every all the activities around it. Um, both my husband and I were in the wedding party, so it made me pretty nervous um, to know that I could miscarry around the wedding. Did they talk and- to you about options and you chose to wait, or did your midwife say, hey, this is probably the best course of action? Um, we we talked about blood tests just to, you know, confirm that it was um, going to be a pregnancy loss. And because we chose not to go with the blood tests, she didn't want to, um, yeah, do anything that could right. potentially harm it if it was okay yet. Yes. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So for that reason, yeah, we just, we just decided to kind of wait and see what happened. Um, and uh, in those early days, um, I remember a moment of just telling myself, okay, um, if this pregnancy is not viable, if this, if this baby in me, um, has something going on with it, that it wouldn't be able to live, my body knows what to do. And if this baby, uh, does have what it needs to live, then my body also knows what to do. So in any case, my body is strong and wise and loving and will do the right thing. Um, and those, I think that those positive affirmations were really powerful um, just in preparing myself mentally for what might happen. Um, so about three days after that doctor's appointment, I did start spotting. Um, and from there it took goodness, I think I spotted for um, four or five days. Um, So I started spotting on the 6th. And then the 11th was um, when I miscarried then. 
so I remember at moments thinking, if if this is going to happen, can we just get it over with? You know, yes. like, why is this having to drag out so much? Um, and uh, yeah, so the 11th was uh, when I really passed a lot of the tissue and clots and whatnot. And um, uh, I had been having mild cramps uh, the day or so leading up to that. And I remember, you know, feeling things get really heavy. And the, the midwife had told me to, you know, get the heaviest maxi pads I could find and um, really use those to kind of keep track of how much I was bleeding um, and kind of told me what would be too much and at what point I needed would need to come in or make a phone call. And so what were those recommendations? She said that if I bled through two maxi pads an hour for two hours straight, that was, that was too much. And I needed to take some action at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> we had actually had an issue with um, the faucet of our bathtub for like a week leading up to this. And so that afternoon, the plumber was at our house finally fixing this and uh, that's, yeah, that's basically the only bathroom. We have kind of a dingy little bathroom in the basement too, but, um, he had turned off the water and everything and about, he had been working on this tub for about maybe 20 minutes. And I realized, wow, this is getting really heavy. I think I'm miscarrying. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> so, <sighs> um, it was, it was an interesting situation because he, <laughs> He ended up needing to leave to get a part and coming back. And there was a part of me that was like af afraid to, you know, use either toilet just because, you know, the water was turned off. I couldn't flush them and didn't know, um, yeah, if if he would be able to kind of tell what was going on or what. Um, and finally, well, after he'd been gone for a while, I just I just ran to the downstairs toilet and kind of, you know, um, let some things pass there a little bit more. And uh, he came back to keep working on the tub. And I just remember that he would, he's one of the, it was one of those people that, um, you know, you meet people that just can't seem to stop talking. Um, oh no. <laughs> I just remember thinking, just standing there and listening to him and trying to think, how can I move him along? How can I get him out of here? And um Ultimately, I, I wondered after that day if I had actually truly miscarried because I experienced so little pain. Um, I did bleed through a maxi pad in about half an hour, 45 minutes or so during that time. Um, but after that, it kind of lightened up. Um, and so I was really questioning whether I had passed everything and... Um, yeah, if that was, I guess, um, the main experience of it, so to speak. Um, and so I, I waited a day or so, actually, and then just to kind of see what would happen. And then I called uh, the midwife and spoke with a the nurse there. And she said, yeah, we, we think we think you've passed everything. That was that was probably the miscarriage. Um, and then Friday rolled around and that was 
the day of my sister-in-law's rehearsal dinner. Okay. Um, and so I remember right, right before the rehearsal, I noticed um, that I was passing something else that seemed more like clots or tissue. Um, and I, I noticed, I didn't have time to really look at it much, but I noticed that it was slightly different in texture, I guess, from what I had been passing a couple days earlier. Mm-hmm. And so um, kind of thought, oh, well, that doesn't quite seem like, you know, it doesn't quite seem like I'm done uh, passing everything, I suppose. And so went to the rehearsal, was fine. And then went to the rehearsal dinner and remember going upstairs using the bathroom at one point. And then I was wearing a romper that day and I um, went to do the button at the top back by the back of my neck. And it was like something about like reaching up. Um, I don't know if it opened things up or something, but a lot more came out at that point. Um, And so I was, I was pretty confused because it felt like I had, um, past the majority of, um, I don't know what word to use here, um, the clots, so to speak, um, over two separate days that were separated by another day in the middle. And I've never quite understood. I've never, I haven't, I still haven't been able to really make sense of that. Um, and did eventually tell the midwife when I went in again, that it had kind of happened that way. And, she kind of said, Oh, that's interesting. I, yeah, she, I don't know that she really knew what to make of it either. Um, so yeah, that. Was... So you passed more that evening at the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. And were you having more pain then, or was it still pretty painless at that point? You know, it was, it was still like, um, yeah, it was, it was like period cramps. Um, yeah. But I had stocked up on a lot of um, Advil and Tylenol um, when I knew that this was possibly going to be happening and um, was able to manage the pain pretty well through those. Uh, And to this day, it still puzzles me um, how little pain I had throughout this whole experience. But um, so that was a Friday evening and yeah, I guess I was I was very thankful to feel as though I had passed everything and wouldn't need to worry about um, really intensing, really passing anything super intense again during the wedding on Saturday. And did that hold true? That did, yeah. Okay. It was, I mean, it it was like a moderate period then for the next week or so after that um, until it finally lightened up again. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's and um, so I went in uh, the following Tuesday then, um, and they said they did the ultrasound. And actually, when I went in um, to the ultrasound, it didn't appear that the technician was aware that I had miscarried. Um, she thought I was just back for you know my second appointment. Um. And so I did pause and fill her in um, on the situation. And I know a lot of people will talk about how ultrasound technicians just don't tell you much in general. Um, and she was very compassionate 
and very willing to um, talk through what she was seeing with me. Uh, and I just, I, that I was really, really grateful for that. Um, and I, yeah, she basically told me that from what she was seeing, it looked like I had passed everything. And then um, the midwife did confirm that later. So. Well, that's a wonderful experience. I like to hear some positive I was, experiences yeah, with I the was, ultrasound tech. Yeah, that was, that was really special. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, just to know that I had passed, I was very terrified um, of the possibility of any sort of surgery um, just because I was going to be traveling more um, later on in that week. And yeah, just the thought of, you know, having an intense experience like that and then having to, you know, get in a car and travel several states away was um, not a fun thought. No. Mm -mm. So talk to me about preparing mentally and emotionally to experience this because you kind of knew it was coming. Right. Um, yeah. A, a big, a big part of that for me. Um, and I touched on this a little bit was just uh, re repeating positive affirmations to myself and trying to trust my body, even though I so badly uh, didn't want this to be real. Um, and I wanted, you know, the pregnancy to be viable and to be something that was going to happen for us. Um, to just trust that no matter what happened, my body was strong and wise and loving and would do what it was supposed to do. Um, I, I still feel like, especially in those days leading up to the miscarriage, that that really got me through. Um, I, I, yeah, just that, that period of waiting and not knowing um, mentally is really hard. And so that hard. Was kind of my so hard and trippy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. The not, the uncertainty is the hardest part. So mm -hmm. being positive able to repeat that. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, being able to repeat the positive affirmations, having those, that's amazing and super powerful and definitely a tip for anyone listening, wherever you're at. Yeah. Um, they seem silly, but they really are helpful. Yeah. And yet in the same vein, if like someone isn't at a place where they can do that, I, I think it's also, yeah, it's, I think, I know that you've said this in other podcasts but it's so important to acknowledge that like your experience is your experience absolutely um, and um it's okay whatever you're feeling is okay and uh the more I read about miscarriage the more I came across that and that was really powerful throughout the whole experience too um and the hospital actually uh gave us um a packet kind of a folder um just about coping with miscarriage and oh wow that's the first I've heard about really that. Yeah. yeah yeah I feel I it was it was really helpful um and I still remember reading like the first page of that and um it quoted two different women speaking about their experiences and 
one said, I think it has to be the most terrible thing a family can ever go through. And the other said, I viewed it as an obstacle I had to get past in the process of getting pregnant. And so, I mean, to two totally different um, emotions and perceptions on that spectrum uh, and yet valid too. Yeah, absolutely. It shows the different experiences and how people get themselves through it. Yeah, very much so. So what did people say or do anything that helped, didn't help? You know, talk to me about that. I I'm realizing um one big part of this I forgot. So <laughs> my husband and I had um scheduled a meeting with actually a doula team, a team of two doulas. Um that uh, worked together uh, in our area uh, for the evening after our prenatal appointment. And I didn't have a way to contact them uh, during the day or anything between the appointment and um, the meeting and say, hey, you know, we found out that this, this probably isn't a viable pregnancy, we shouldn't meet. Um, and something in me too said that it would still be really valuable to meet with them. And so, <laughs> Um, we sat down with them in this coffee shop and, um, I, you know, shared with them what we had learned that day. And, um, they shared that miscarriage was a road that both of them had walked as well. Oh, wow. Um, and it was very powerful, um, to be able to talk with them and, process um just everything that we were feeling with people who had been through it as well uh, that was that was a big deal for us and now i'm not even remembering your question now that i'm um telling this what was your question things that people said or oh. did that were helpful or not helpful so i mean clearly this team of doulas not only had they had the experience but doulas are just amazing angels in and of themselves so wonderful. Um, to guide you through. Yeah. Wow. That's really and, beautiful. Yeah. One of them, um, I remember her telling me, I, we, uh, I, I asked them a little bit about their own experiences. Um, and I made a comment about, you know, wow, you know, losing a pregnancy further along than I was would, would feel so much harder. And uh, one of them said, but you can't minimize, you shouldn't minimize your experience. Um, yes. Your experience is still significant um, and still important. And you need to, yeah, make sure you acknowledge that. Um, and actually the other one, uh, before we left that evening, she has, um, she was, I guess she has been in the process of getting trained as a bereavement doula. Um, and so she said that, you know, I would be welcome to reach out to her, um, throughout the process. And she and I, let's see, I think maybe about a month or a little bit more than that after the miscarriage, she and I were able to meet and she processed it with me more. Um, so having, having those two as a resource, um, was really powerful and 
yeah, my husband and I don't have um, kids with us here on earth yet, but it's, I already feel like I've formed an important relationship um, with both of these doulas and feel very comfortable working with them going forward um, in future pregnancies. And that was just a, yeah, an important aspect of our whole experience with miscarriage. That's fantastic. Yeah. Another yeah. thing I'll add that helped. Um, so when we had gone in um, for basically the ultrasound to, you know, confirm the miscarriage and all that sort of thing, um, the midwife that I met with afterwards just kind of, she gave me space to talk for a little bit. Um, and I really appreciated that. And I shared with her, um, that I had been repeating these positive affirmations and she looked at me and said, wow, mama, that is so strong. And to hear someone, sorry, this, this acknowledge. No, that's amazing. And to, you know, hear that word, mama. Yeah. Even though um, this wasn't a viable pregnancy for us, to acknowledge that it, it did make me a mother. It um, did. That was really powerful to have acknowledged and just really meant a lot. Um, yeah, that was, that was a big deal. Can you share some of those positive affirmations again? I know you said a few already. Yeah. Share some of you know, those. Just honestly, it was it was really those three over and over. Your body is strong. Your body is wise. Your body is loving. Just repeating that to myself over and over, knowing that my body had the strength um, to do whatever it was supposed to do. And my body... Um, inherently had the knowledge to do what it was supposed to do um, with whatever the situation was and ultimately that my body would do the most loving thing possible um, whether the most loving thing was to carry a healthy baby um, or to let go of a child that wouldn't have made it in the world it's a really hard thing because at the moment, mentally, you feel so betrayed by your body. Did you feel that? Was it kind of a challenge? Um, not as much in that moment, okay. I guess. Um, since then, in some ways... Um, Does it creep up a little bit? It does. And, okay. Um, yeah. It feels like it's taken my body some time to get back in a normal cycle. That does happen. Yes. Which and is, you just want it to go back to normal. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, that's, I think the most frustrating part is um, feeling like I had predictability with my body before this experience. And um, yeah, now suddenly my body is not the predictable entity that it once was. <laughs> So that's, that's been, I think, I think that's been how I've um, felt most betrayed uh, by my body is just losing that predictability 
with it. Yes, that makes sense. Anything else to share with us today? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I wanted to be sure to share. Um, I guess another uh, important thing to me through all of this is um, just knowing as awful as it is, just knowing how many others are out there who have experienced this too. Um, and knowing that I'm very much not alone and um, having resources um, where I could experience, yeah, just um, that feeling of solidarity with other women who have gone through this um, from uh, this podcast to just finding various accounts on Instagram um, to, uh, I guess I haven't, uh, looked into whole books on miscarriage as much, but um, another one I, uh, one book that I've been reading lately has had just had a really good chapter on miscarriage that I really appreciated. So, what book was that? Um, this one is it's a it's been I think it was published just this year actually. It's called Like a Mother, and it's by somebody named Angela Garbs. All right. Yeah. I always love to find that out. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy finding new resources. It's mm -hmm. helpful. Well, thank you so much for your time and your vulnerability tonight, because I know this was difficult, but it's so, so helpful to everyone listening. Thank you so much. Thanks for creating this space for me to share and also for me to hear other stories. It's, it's been powerful over the last couple of months to me. So thank you for that. Oh, good. I'm so glad you're welcome. Interested in hearing more miscarriage stories? We have over 30 more episodes on Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash miscarriage. It's also linked in the details below. Stay connected. Find us on Instagram at managing.miscarriage, on Facebook at Miscarriage Nonprofit, and don't forget to download our free e-guide on our website, managingmiscarriage.com. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating so more women can find us. Also, Listen to exclusive episodes directly on the Patreon app.